Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the latest episode. Welcome back. Welcome to, for those that haven't been listening or maybe just jumped in here, um, thank you. It's nice to say thanks to people. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. Um, thanks for uh, providing feedback. Those of you that have uh, reached out, I super am happy with the fact that you gave me some feedback, uh, positive stuff, uh, and stuff that helps me continue to choose to continue to do this stuff, to chase people down and ask them to be interviewed by me, Joe, the guy that seems to be asking all the questions. Who has questions? Do you have questions for me? Do you want to know more about why I'm doing this? I mean, I'd be very interested in answering that. Um, I just make them up and hope that they land with you guys. But I don't know that that's the format we should be doing. I don't think I should make up what you want to know. I think you should tell me what you want to know and ask me those questions. Um, so if you want to, please ask. Ask me, why, Joe? Why do you do this, Joe? Why are you interested in asking people about this? Joe, why do you think that way? Joe, you're crazy. Why don't you think you're not a lunatic? Why shouldn't you live in an asylum? Why shouldn't we just check you in? <laughs> I, I'd agree with you possibly. Um, hey, look, do reach out. I continue to do so. Continue to let me know where you're at with it. Continue to provide the feedback. I'm kind of just getting into the rhythm of this. You know, I'm kind of blinding up the interviews, getting people engaged to do them. Um, you know, if you if you know people, send them my way. Uh, if you want to do that sort of stuff uh, yourself and get on the show, do let me know. Um, I like to have a chat, and I think that's kind of what this is all about, chatting to people about their journeys, what they've done, how they got there, what tools are in the toolbox to have helped them cut through, you know, the negativity, the positivity, put it all together, make the next move, put it all on, you know, the table and continue to ride. I think that's exactly the place we're at uh, with this podcast. I am enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. Today, I got the pleasure of uh, reconnecting with an old friend, someone I worked with, someone I kind of gave some advice to and kind of gave them the, you know, showed them the ropes of bits and pieces. I think fundamentally at the time, this particular person was in the throes of figuring everything out. Uh, but it, for me, it was just a great uh, moment in my sort of career to be have the have the opportunity to tell someone else, you know, uh, kind of what I think and how I might approach something in the hopes that they might take advantage of whatever that information was and, and ride with it. Uh, this is a good friend of mine, Kia Hickson, uh, someone I haven't spoke to in what we figured out was a few years. Uh, I had literally only lurked on her social uh, as a result of my feed catching her her exploits, her, her adventures. Uh, and to be honest, it was always very interesting, very entertaining to see what she was up to, what opportunities she was being given, and what she was doing to take advantage of those opportunities. And uh, today was a, a great run of just reconnecting with somebody I haven't spoke to in a while, hearing about their stories, and really just keying into what, what the heck did they do to get through all this sort of stuff on a regular basis and continue to reevaluate uh, change gears, get after the next thing, reevaluate, change gears, and get after the next thing. I was uh, super impressed, and I've always been impressed with Kia, and it was an absolute pleasure to um, sit down on the phone with her today and have a good old chat and catch up and hear about all the cool shit she's been up to. So, uh, everybody, I introduce you to Kia Hickson. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, it was a, quite an interesting, insightful uh, thing for me. Um, I'm a little bit closer to it, but perhaps for you guys uh, as, as listeners, you may hear a little bit more about you know, how, my, how you might approach uh, changes in your life and how you might look at changes in your life and um, 
consider new ways of just saying, hey, what the fuck am I doing? Anyways, you'll get it later. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy. There's no kind of script to this. It's more around just the topic of internal monologue and then talking Mm -hmm. about you know, the people or the person and going through, you know, a little bit of the background. Who are they? What are they, what are they, you know, kind of where do they come from a little bit? What are they getting yeah. up to? And then, you know, talking about some stuff that they're going through. And then there might be a thing that surface surfaces, like specifically with you, um, you know, you've had from the time that, I, and gosh, I was thinking about it. We haven't spoken to each other probably in years. Yeah, probably about two years. I would say so, right? Because we met yeah. up, but then you've been on like your sort of thing. So really, I'm you know, one of the things I wanted to do was just catch up and hear <laughs> where you're at with a yeah. bunch of your stuff because it sounded like you were going on one heck of a big journey, um, you know, with, you know, chasing whatever you're chasing there. Because um, yeah. the last thing I think I looked at when I messaged you or whatever the text was is, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I wonder what she did, you know, where she right. went to. but. You know, um, the other slant on the this whole thing is is that, um, you know, the sort of self-talk um, conversation, you know, you're in a monologue and the effects of um, social and technology and devices and sort of the, the pressure or not pressure or mm-hmm. what that does to you, um, yeah. you know, and so it's to have that sort of contrasting conversation over the top of, you know, are you judging yourself because you judge yourself against others? You're not doing things as a result. So it feeds yeah. in and out of all this stuff, but really it's just a chat. It's just like yeah. catching up, shooting the shit about some stuff and, um, <laughs> you know, and seeing what comes out of it, you know, and have a bit of fun with yeah. it. So I'm just taking a look at the messages now and I'm like, holy moly, like I was in such a different state of mind. I was definitely in like a state of transition and uh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, I've definitely moved, um, moved very forward since all of that stuff there. And um, yeah, I can see become a certified scrum product owner, which I've done. Yeah, you did the thing. (laughs) I did the thing, which is good, good, you know good um benchmark that <laughs> and that was in 2017 shit it has been a while okay yeah so cool. all i've done is seen you on the <laughs> internet right so i've literally only uh socially engaged from a distance as i've yeah. watched you kind of travel around the globe or do all these different events and get involved in this stuff but had zero context of what you were trying to get done but which yeah. is interesting because when we first kind of got to know each other you were you know, toe dipping and jumping into a world of things that you didn't quite get and understand and you mm-hmm. wanted to get after, um, you know, and it was a it was a cool situation to be a part of helping somebody move along and, you know, be there for them and in, in their journey. So, you know, I guess let's start a little bit with first off who you are, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What's your name, where you come from, a little bit of that background, because, uh, you know, nobody knows who you are and I don't even know who's mm-hmm. listening to this. <laughs> so there you go. Uh- <laughs> Well, my name is Kia Hickson and we're asking, and trying to answer the question, where do I come from? I think, you know, you asking me that, I'm kind of like, where the fuck do I come from? 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because, well, I come from many places. I've lived in many places and, um, yeah, I just, I, yeah. So born Australian, I, yeah? Australia? Yeah, born in Australia. Yeah, where did you I grow up? I grew up in yeah. a town called uh Wollongong um or the Illawarra 
which mm-hmm. is about an hour and a half south of Sydney. Or the it's gong. It's a coastal town. Yeah, the gong. <laughs> the gong. <laughs> we love the bong in the gong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My, oh, boy. Uh, and then, yeah, and lived in a, a, a few suburbs up and down the coast in that in that little area there. Mm. But, yeah, mostly teenage years grew up, grew up in the northern suburbs along the beach and lived a pretty coastal life yeah that's cool so it's pretty uh, you think about Wollongong and it's it's a bit smaller I was down there not long ago as well for an an event thingy that I went to for the weekend Mm. and it was really nice like it's super casual a little it feels like a smaller coastal town um it's it's beautiful um mm. you know like any place there's good parts and there's bad parts yeah um but you know even having lived myself in mostly the bad parts, there's still a lot of beauty to to them mm. as well. And um, you know, growing up, it was kind of like, oh, this is a shithole, like gotta get out of here. Yeah. But you know, these days looking back and and kind of dipping down there every so often, it is. It, it's really beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the uh, the hindsight, right, of being mm. older and seeing more. You know, I, I suspect that was a childhood view of the places you were in a little bit too and like going, oh, I can't wait to get out of here uh, yes. and see the things that I need to see. Um, when did you move away from the gong and get up to Sydney and all that? Um, so I was about 19. So I moved out of home when I was 18 yep. um, into my own little two-bedroom apartment in Wollongong CBD. Right. Um, and, yeah, because I worked, I was managing a nightclub, but I was also working a full-time office job. Right. And so, you know, that was cool. And then, yeah, and then when I was about 19, I was dating uh, dating someone who lived in Sydney and then eventually we moved in well, I moved in with him when I was about 19 yep. um, and lived in Balmain and Roselle for oh, a good cool. couple of years. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, so just sorry, you, you just sort of glossed over a small amount of detail that was really interesting in the sense that at 19, you were managing a nightclub as well <laughs> as, what was it, doing some sort of office job of some sort? What was that? Yeah. So um, I had... Um, Finished my HSC, but I didn't get into university, which oh, right. was yep. pretty um, like gut wrenching. But sure. I thought I've got to do something, so I was on this mission, applying for jobs, wasn't really getting anywhere. And then the same day, I got a job in this new nightclub that was opening. Mm. I had also got an on-the-job traineeship to do like a certificate three in business, right? And I thought I'm just going to do both of them. Um, because the nightclub, yeah, that was fun, um, earned way more money than doing a traineeship, but Mm. thinking long-term, I thought, you know, having this business certificate is probably going to benefit me longer term, Mm. um, and be more in alignment with, you know, perhaps some of the opportunities in the future that might come up. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're, even back then you were already kind of thinking about, where you wanted to get to longer term anyways. Yeah. And um, I think for me, like, you know, I always wanted to do my own thing Mm. um, and was always kind of quite comfortable in that. But the extent that it was back then was, you know, I made these really beautiful and intricate greeting cards. Right. (laughs) That would take me hours to make, um, you know, probably (laughs) 
talking about business model and yeah. stuff like that, it wasn't very um, scalable. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, you've got to get something out of it, too. You know, like yeah. it can't just purely be about the dollars and cents of something. You know, you got to enjoy it a little bit. So, you know, the artistic side of things is uh, normally the hardest pursuit in business, especially if you're doing mm-hmm. art creation. But um, but still, a, it's a rewarding thing, too, I would I would say. Um, yeah. being able to have that sort of level of, you know, this is good, but also scrutinous too. You know, you never know, you um, never know if people are going to like your stuff, I suppose. Yeah. And I think for me, like it started off because, um, I'm not like a huge gift giver for the sake of giving a gift. I want something to have meaning and, um, some, a part of me in some way. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, like that was, the motivation it was like you know the card in of itself is the gift yeah um, right because a lot of love and creative inputs gone into it but you know when a stranger's receiving that and they don't know me personally yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of people that have these intricate cards of yours in like you know because people collect those things save them for the rest of their lives right you're <laughs> yeah, all over people. it was this all down in the gog you're uh, spread across <laughs> the gong in a bunch of people's memories you know, so you have like, you know, a shelf life with your art, you know, it's there. Yeah. yeah. In you, someone's drawer, dusting away. That's right. Covering up another, you know, card that they got from somebody else, possibly. <laughs> you know, I've, I've never understood that side of it, but a good card you keep, right? You know, yeah, I didn't, you know, exactly. just a random one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never, I've been told by my ex-wife, she was very much a card keeper person. And I was like, why are we right. keeping these things? She's like, no, you got to keep them for the memories. But I also struggle with that with photos. Like I had an issue the mm-hmm. other day, somebody saying, I've got all these photos. And I'm like, what do you mean you got all these photos? He goes, I felt like, I, I think he said over 30 gigs of photos in the cloud, maybe Oof. even more. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, what are you going to do? Like he goes, oh, he was like, you can't move it around, but it's really nice to have it. And I just was like, that is an insane amount of photos. Like, You're never going to look at those. And he said to me, um, well, they do because I have a younger daughter and like, it comes up mm. on the screen. And my one of my other good mates, a similar thing. But I'd have no, <laughs> I have no want or desire to keep photos. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind having them, but I don't go back and look at them. And I've like done a full like gangbuster photography run where I was like being a <laughs> photographer for years. And like, I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a photographer guy. And I don't even look at these photos. Heaps yeah. of them. <laughs> Facebook is the only thing that shows up and says, hey, Joe, remember this photo? And I was yeah, just like... see your memories. Yeah, and I'm like, that's enough. That's all I really need. Like, if Facebook's I think, got it. Especially when that pops up for me and it's like I've been tagged in a photo, oh, I'm right. generally untagging myself in oh, them these right. days. Yeah. I'm like, I do not want to see that. I'm yeah. not interested. Yeah, no, I didn't, wor- I didn't grow up in a world where I was tagged in a lot of stuff. But there is a string of Joe, Fat Joe tagged in photos. And so those are still brought out from time to time <laughs> when people have been told, you, they said, we used to be fat. And I was like, well, yeah, I was big. You know, I was at a very different version of myself a long time ago. And they're like, oh, we got to see these pictures. And then, yeah. you know, um, Haley will pull out the pictures from Facebook. Oh, I can quickly find them. Somehow she has them on tap, shows oh. them to everybody. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my God, look at how big, you know, and I'm like, yes, that was me. I don't me. think I've ever seen them. You've never seen Fat Joe? Oh, my God. No. Yeah, you can go on Facebook and find them. They're pretty easy to find. All right. I'll, I'll hit Haley up. Joe. Yeah, hit Haley. <laughs> Haley, show me some Fat Joe. There was Pencil Beard Joe as well because Joe has a giant beard, you know, now. But there was a mm. version of Fat Joe with a pencil beard. So I looked like a fat <laughs> backstreet boy. Uh, is all I can come to conclusion about. It wasn't like one of the one of the ones that was like the good looking one. It was like the older one that shouldn't have been in the band. Right. Yeah, Joey, like, I think his name was. I Ooh, don't know. That's fitting. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that I didn't belong in the band I was uh, 
trying to be a part of. I did oh. not fit in in that one. So it was a different time <laughs> in my life. I was a totally different yeah. person back then. Um, yeah. You know, but now now it's different. Um, so uh, so a Wollongong girl from the gong, mm-hmm. bong in the gong, mm-hmm. Kia. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We've done a huge intro, which is cool. Um, I think let's let's just go back to how we know each other a little bit because I think that's a fun a fun thing. Uh, mainly, maybe for me, I don't know for you. Yeah, I think for you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so it was a, a time in my life where I was bouncing out of the ABC, moving into, you know, helping a startup kind of get moving. Mm-hmm. Um, that startup got moving into the point where it stopped and uh, yes. ended, um, which is fine because those experiences are all well and good. Everybody has a different yeah. view of that particular thing. But in mm-hmm. that time, which was, I think, just about a year and a half, maybe-ish, um, I got to meet you uh, as part of that sort of venture in time, uh, and you got to kind of kick in the gear of building uh, and parting, I guess, building a business in a way. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and I think that uh, one of the things that's interesting, and I think we should probably talk about a little bit, if, if as much as you want to, is mm-hmm. just sort of there's uh, there was a moment in there where there was a you know a kick in of sort of a level of uh, I guess imposter syndrome to a certain degree, but just a um, how am I going to move forward, right? What am I going to yes. do uh, inside of that window? And I don't think we need to get into necessarily the details of all that sort of what the specifics were, but mm. there was certainly uh, what I noticed in you uh, as a person who was supporting you through you know the the transitions was an evolution. Right. And your mindset inside of all of this and how you were processing it and moving through this to probably what we'll get to in the next part of this is where you are now and how far Mm -hmm. you've come is something that I'm really interested in hearing from you because I have had a number of conversations with you about, you know, where you're going and what you've done. And then I didn't see you. I haven't talked to you for a few years. So it'd be very interesting to kind of get a take, maybe a small snapshot of that time when we first met each other, where you were at, what you were trying to achieve, kind of the trials and tribulation headlines that you were going through um, as a bit of a thing, if you don't mind. I love it. I'm ready. Sweet. Let's get, (laughs) let's get it on. I actually remember the first day that we met. Oh, sweet. Um, I was, I was working. Yeah. I was still working for a superannuation uh, company in the city. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I was with obviously uh, my ex, which yep. we both know. Yep. And I remember I was wearing these like pony stilettos and jeans. Oh, yes. Right. And um, yeah. And I, <laughs> I think it was like a Friday night and we like, we, cut, we came over to the office with some Friday night drinks. That's right. Yeah. The old Meet Friday the game nights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Used to, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's a nice memory, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Humble you rolling beginnings. through. I, I remember a lot of your shoe, uh, your shoe repertoire was very. Uh, your shoe game was hardcore. Um, definitely, were rocking the the uh, you know, bam! Look at these, bam! Look at this. I was like, well, Kia is here to kick some ass today. Uh, you yes. know, with this wardrobe she's got rocking, always well dressed. It's very different these days. Most mostly these days, I'm rocking a pair of black RM Williams. Oh, and, really? Uh, well, that's, yes. a, that's a totally different version of you. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, my heel collection is very minimal these days. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's more practical and it like, I feel like it suits my, my personality a bit better. And Well, I know. don't understand high heels. Yes. <laughs> I actually said the other day, I don't understand women's shoes 
because I don't know why it's gotten to the point where they have to wear things that are so uncomfortable in order to feel like if they feel good about that. Like right. I don't understand where that's coming from. Yeah, and, and, if and it, I'm I'm the same. Like if right. if it's not comfortable, I'm not messing with it. I'm yeah. sorry. Like I've got places to go and things to do, and I want to be as comfortable but as stylish as possible. Sure, sure. So there's still an element of that style, but you know, sure. you're just doing it in a more a more comfortable way, which yeah. makes sense. Which makes sense. Like I wear, I wear, I wear like jeans and a t-shirt. That's literally it. And then sneakers every day. <laughs> I, there's nothing more I want to do. I did. Um, I coached a, a women's ice hockey team this year. It's my mm-hmm. first time coaching a women's team, which was uh, turned out to be probably one of the most enjoyable coaching experiences I've had so far. And okay. um, we made it all the way to the grand final. We ended up getting second. But for that game, I wore probably for the first time since I got married, um, you know, shoes like that weren't sneakers, um, right. a suit jacket and a shirt. Um, but I did wear, still wear jeans, but I also wore a belt. I don't know. I don't wear belts, Right. but I also, I wore a hat though. I wore a hat, but I wore one of those like, um, old, I don't even know what kind of a hat it is, but it's like one of the ones where, you know, it looks like a beret, but then there's a small bill and then the top is like attached to that, you know, kind of like the men's hat. I've seen, I think I've seen that. Yeah. I did it at a Melbourne cup thing with Haley when she was working at a place, but yeah, that, that hat. So, you know, um, but more recently I was Mm -hmm. tagged in Facebook on that thing and, uh, and that felt (laughs) uncomfortable to me. Oh, right. (laughs) I just don't, I just not interested in dressing up. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, I go so so dressing up aside, I still but I still think I look good when I'm doing it, and I don't know if that's true or not. But I don't really care at the same time. I just feel like well, I look good. It's it's what you feel at the end of the day. I feel like I it. think very much if it's you go, it's if it's confidence from within, well then that comes through, right? And mm. it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because it's what you enjoy. It's you know how you want to dress. Yeah, and that speaks to exactly the whole thing, right? So if you're mm. not doing what you need to do to move forward or get where you're trying to go uh, by being comfortable or confident or whatever you need to do to flip those switches inside, you're not going to get where you want to go anyway. So you can be holding yourself back worrying about shit. Um, So superannuation, transitioning over, doing a thing. um, Mm -hmm. What was driving you? What were you looking for in in kind of potentially starting a business or being part of starting uh, a business of Uh, sorts? So, yeah. So basically... I was doing graphic design on the side. So Mm. from 18 till about 23, um, I had done very office-based roles, Um, was a legal secretary Mm. and then personal assistant. Um, And I was doing graphic design on the side because, well, I was always really into computers. Mm. Um, I was always really into design. And so the combination of those things were almost like keeping me sane in a way. Because, you know, office jobs, it's very monotonous, monot- mm. monotonous, <laughs> monotonous. I should, shouldn't monotonous. use big words. <laughs> no, no, you should. You should totally do it because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and I found myself in most of these roles, mm. like automating what I could or optimizing. It. And so I always had this like gear toward using technolo- technology to mm. optimize or enable me to do more of the stuff that I enjoyed doing. Yep. And um, I had actually gone for a, a role as an executive assistant at this superannuation place. And I was already working quite closely with the CEO at the time. And um, 
had kind of sat down and spoken about, you know, I'm going to apply for this. And it was like all positive. Yeah, yeah, apply. And so I didn't end up getting the job. Mm. And I had this moment where I just thought like, what the fuck are you doing, Kia? Like Mm. you don't even like this work. Like, you know, when I think of myself in five years, do I want to be known as an executive assistant? And for me personally, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with those roles. But Mm. in my head, I just like there was so much more that I wanted to do. There was so much more that I wanted to learn and, and step away from stuff like that. And so I kind of went through a big pivot Mm. and um, had what we call like a passion exploration (laughs) session where I wanted to figure out what my next move was. And Mm. so I had this like big, long conversation one night um, about the things that I love doing and what excites me. And it was Mm. like fashion design and it was all this creative stuff Mm. um, until um, someone said, well, what about web development? And now at the time I was like, you know, what is web development? I had no idea. Yeah. And then we kind of discussed it and it was like HTML, CSS. And I was like, oh, I know this. Like, you know, back when MySpace was a thing, that was my jam. Like I was like creating myself custom templates every week. And Mm. my friends were like, where'd you you download that template from? And I'd be like, oh, well, I made it myself. And, you know, and then I would make one for them. And so I was like, wow, like this is, you can have a job with this. Yeah. And then that kind of put the wheels in motion to go and study uh, software development with a, with general assembly in Sydney. Mm. Um, So, you know, having a business at that point in time, wasn't even on the radar. Mm. Um, It was after I had graduated that when the, the kind of opportunity arose and, and yeah. So then, oh, right. So then, then it just became an execution of GA. That's right. And so, and I do remember the, the sort of identity sort of thing because we did talk about that back then as well like you know you were struggling with trying to figure out who you wanted to be but where you were at was definitely not it you know and and I guess like one of the I guess if I could ask a question about that you know you get it like if you broke down what were where where were you lost right was it just the situation you were in or was it the the sort of contextual nature of the the work or like the reality of what that would turn into like what was going on up top um I think up top like in my personal life so like I had just I had split up from like a three-year relationship where I was Mm. engaged oh yeah, yeah and I lived this um quite you know party lifestyle on the on the boat every weekend like very um you know because I was working these admin jobs I wasn't very serious about them so then my weekends were just like letting loose and um all of that stuff and growing up as well so it was yeah it's it's really interesting now that I think back to it because I've up until now, I've always kind of been like survival mode, chameleon mm. mode. Mm. Um, and so when I was kind of at that point in time, I was, one, trying to understand um, who who I am um, and what does that look like for me? Like, do I really care about doing my fake tan every week? You know, right. do I really care about um, making sure my hair is, dyed this color and um transitioning into 
something that I wanted more purpose and more meaning and I was more comfortable in my own skin doing. Mm. Um, and I think also, you know, I was seeking some, uh, what's the word? Like, I think like some validation from, mm. from others that, you know, I was more capable and I was intelligent and switched on and um, like valued in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like some sort of value or a feedback loop that you yeah. were looking for something to say, hey, if I do these things, when I'm doing these things, is it right? You know, yeah. am I going in a way that works? Um, but what I recall was, is like when we call this sort of pivot, you know, as well, where you just literally flip the switch, you know, mm. and I thought that was super, <laughs> super hardcore. And I thought it was, you know, awesome as well. Um, yeah. You know, where you then kind of transition down a different path, you know, and I just was like, well, you know, if Kia can do it, then we all got to figure out how to do it. Right. You know, like for yeah. me, it, it made sense. You know, I wish in my life, I feel locked up. Right. Because, yeah. you know, not for good or for bad, but like, you know, I, I, I married, divorced two kids. Right. So I'm already yeah. on this sort of path where there's like a heap of shit I got to do just to get to the point where I can go, okay, what do I do? What do I want to do? Um, exactly. You know, where it's different when, uh, if I was younger and I was in a different circle of people, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't change it, but it would be very, it would have been very different, you know, to have gone down a path where, you know, I was empowered to do a lot of different things based on who I was, you know, yeah. I was just a, you know, grindstone person, you know, you get in, you get a job, you work your ass off, you climb up the ladder, you know, this sort of like really weird cog in a wheel sort of situation where, you know, you just keep going until you can't go anymore. And then you make a call yeah. as to whether you're going to stick around or move on. And, um, you know, and that, that burns you out as well. Like that's complete and utter bullshit too. You don't even need to do it that way. But at the time, you know, you you only know what you know. Right. So there was this level of inspiration about what you were doing. I thought was really neat because, you know, you had these, I mean, for lack of, uh, motivation or whatever, you know, outside of it, you had these people surrounding kind of going, well, where are you going to go? Well, how do we help you get there? And I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, something that I found, you know, fun to be part of in a limited way. Uh, yeah. I know you and I had two conversations and both of us looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah at that yeah. stage, yeah. I was definitely having a lot of what the fuck is going yeah. on. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, there's a journey in it, right? And there was a lot of things that you had to, I guess, go through and define and understand and take yeah. ownership for. Um, yes. You know, which I was think, interesting. Yeah, and I think... Um, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened in between, you know, what I just mentioned and what we're talking about now, but absolutely. Like I look back on that whole, and I refer to it as an experience Mm. um, because, you know, and and I think that's why I kind of take what people would consider risks as just kind of like opportunities or as an experience, because Mm. um, for me, you learn so much by, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone or, you know, just doing something maybe off the cuff that isn't like so linear. Yeah. And, um, you know, I look back on that whole experience and I think straight afterwards I was like super bitter, not yeah. going to lie. Right. I, yeah. I was really hurt and I was really upset. But, um, you know, now I'm like, wow, that how that kind of opened my mind to think about things and um, to think about business mm. and just the whole like more of the, the tangible like learning and learnings and methodologies that I was exposed to during that phase, you know, that has shaped 
the things that I am interested in learning about now and, and how I apply them to business, like human-centered design, for example, or yep. um, like lean startup and all mm-hmm. these kind of research and validation techniques and, you know, and for that, you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Well, that and it's, you know, it's awesome that, you know, in spite of where you were at with it, you were able to pick the things that helped and mattered and defined and gave you the sort of, uh, roadway you needed to keep running. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because one of the things that I, I tend to see often is that when people get into a bad place or when they're negative or whatever, cause emotions drive, right? everybody has emotions and then mm. things are going to kick your ass or whatever. Um, you're not going to, some people don't learn the lessons, you know, they don't yeah. see the opportunity. They don't see what, you know, took place in a, in a more, I guess, um, open way, right? Because no matter what's happening in your life, the trajectory from the time you're born into the moment, you know, you're, we're sitting in right now, a lot of stuff goes down, right? And if you don't pay attention to, to as much as possible, you know, good or bad, you don't get anywhere, you know, and you tend to fall bitter and, and hold on to bitterness and then you will stagnate and slow down heavily. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is why I wanted to kind of get to that point in this, in this side of timeline, because, at least as a spectator of where I've seen you been going, it seems as though you're getting into a whole bunch of really cool stuff and interesting yes. things now, which is, yeah. you know, great. So after all this kind of happened, and I know you and I kind of met up a couple more times, had a coffee, had a chat. You're still trying to figure some stuff out. Um, you know, I guess, as you said before, it was like scrum master stuff and, and all yeah. of that and like, you know, orchestration. Um, where, where have you landed? Where are we right now? Right. Well, um, so I kind of got to a point where after um, the startup had kind of we winded it down, yeah, um, wound it down. Um, I was still trying to kind of like grasp onto um, this whole kind of like entrepreneurship lifestyle or startup world and like hustling and like Mm. getting out there and, um, just like trying to make things happen. But, you know, deep down, like I was super stressed. I was super exhausted, um, personally as well, like in my relationship, um, I, I felt like I needed some space by myself as well. So then there was all that self doubt about being in a relationship and sure and compacting and um I was uh yeah in 2017 I was chosen to go on a a youth mission for like tech young tech people to Silicon Valley yep and um you know the whole idea of that is to expose kind of like Australian up-and-coming entrepreneurs to how they do things over there and Mm -hmm how big it is and what the opportunities are and then come back to Australia and start kind of, you know, bringing some of that back into our ecosystems. And whilst I was over there, um, you know, the 19 other people that were chosen are some of the brightest minds we have in Australia. Mm. You know, they're all PhD students. They're in neuroscience. You know, they're building rockets to go to space and, here I am, you know, like I never went to uni, um, which was something that I was, that I also kind of was um, really self-conscious about Mm. um, back then. And I was thinking, you know, like, what the fuck am I doing on this trip? Mm. Um, And, and like, not that I didn't feel like I deserved it because I, I feel like anything that I do, like, you know, 
I I own it and I'll and I will make the most out of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then on that trip we did a startup weekend and it was all it was a lean startup weekend and that was basically what Squill the startup was kind of built on all yeah, of that methodology right. yeah. around customer discovery and validation. Um, and my team and we came first place and my team was like nine people from seven different countries. We were mm. all strangers on that Friday night that we met. Um, and for me, that was validation that, you know, I am in the right spot. Um, and I do have the knowledge and, you know, the part, the past eight months building this startup was, wasn't for nothing. Yeah. Um, right. and that skill set was really valuable. Um, and, um, so yeah. And, but basically what I also realized <laughs> was that I needed to work on myself and mm. I needed to have some time by myself to rediscover who am I, um, in this new world that I am in, mm. like this, this kind of tech world that I love so much and that I am so passionate about. So, yeah. So when I came back from that, uh, I kind of, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend at the mm-hmm. time and sold a whole bunch of stuff and I just yeah went overseas yeah (laughs) and yeah and so that so last year where are we at now so there so that was 2018 I um I took off to China Mm. and then went to a couple places in Europe and then off to New York and um yeah. So then. what? So what are the things that I, I guess? I because I, I I knew you went to the um the sort of startup uh young thing, um in the team that you were in. What you know? Because you were going in, I guess, with a pretty heavy amount of sort of uh, imposter syndrome, right? You, you know, you kind of said, yeah. You know, university. By the way, I don't believe in university, so like I don't actually yeah. believe it does it. <laughs> Neither do for I. Anyone. Fuck uni. Oh no. my god. <laughs> Well, I mean, I went, I went to like, I went to art school. So like, I mean, I didn't really go to full college or university, <laughs> but like, uh, my point is, is that I don't think it defines you as a person. It just gives you more, yeah. more things to think about. And really it's yeah. just a halfway house between, um, you know, high school and the real world. So, yeah. you know, you're just delaying and putting yourself into debt for the most part to just go out into the real world and try to pay it off. So it's really yeah. just a, you know, shitty machine. You know, you can get a lot of experience in life if you just yeah. know, kind of know what you're doing. Um, yeah. but no one really knows at that age. So either way, yeah. but you yeah I guess you're going in and then so so I did and I didn't realize I'm oh I think I want to say maybe I did know that you did come out on top there but you know just thinking about how you participated you know in that in a team of nine people you didn't know um you know and and you guys had obviously do a lean startup what was your role in it like what were you what were you going through and how did you figure out who you were to kind of get through all that kind of entering in from that perspective that you're like oh my god these people right yeah um I think it was about halfway into like the two weeks of the trip. Mm. And, um, and I think like we, so we were two teams that had merged, um, but we were all focused on like a social impact, whether that was trying to solve problems for homelessness, as we all know, kind of San mm. Francisco yeah. has a bit of a problem there with that. Um, and then the other side of it was volunteering, trying to understand volunteering and, how to maybe get more people involved. And so none of these were my ideas. I had just kind of joined the team. And, um, yeah, I mean, because we were interested in the topic of homelessness, um, I myself have experienced homelessness when I was 12 years old uh, for about a year. Mm. My mum and my sister and I were living in a women's refuge. Right. 
And so for me, like I understand the stigmas related to it, but I also understand like homelessness isn't just that kind of like drunk person yeah. sitting on the side of the road. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's veterans, it's single mums escaping domestic violence, it's people with mental health issues, it's you know, it's just young people who maybe have like lost it's just, it can be anyone. It's I a think, lot of things. It's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, lean startup is, it's about empathy driven kind of problem solving in a yep. way. And I think bringing that to the table, it makes things more real. Like when, when people can bring their own personal stories to a problem or to a scenario where you're trying to solve a problem or a need, um, it makes things more real. And I, and yeah, and so we like very in line with Lean Startup. It's all about getting out of the buildings, mm. like having interviews with people, surveying them. Um, and yeah, for me, like talking to homeless people isn't intimidating. Standing in a line at a food shelter or any type of shelter, it's just they, these are human beings at the end of the day and we're here to help, help uh or not help but try to understand you know what are some of the intrinsic problems that these people face mm. whether that's from the organization side or the volunteer side or the people themselves yeah um so yeah so i feel like um the team then had this you know this relatable point to i don't know to kind of go on this journey with mm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Mm, I'm just like kind of getting lost in all my like bit of nostalgia with it all. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, and I think like then they kind of turned to me to lead them. Yeah. So I was um, curious if you became a leader in this. That's one of the things yeah. I was very curious about. Yeah. Um, very much so. They, they turned to me to, you know, to take them on this journey. Mm. And I was more than happy to because, you know, within them, they, I could see how uncomfortable it was for some of them to do something like, you know, talk to a homeless person or yep. stand in line at a food shelter. Mm. But, but they were also willing to mm. participate. Mm. And so in the beginning to see kind of their hesitation turn into something that they were more comfortable sitting in um, was really kind of satisfying for me. Yeah. Because I know that that would have challenged a lot of their thoughts and a lot of their thinking. And I know at the end of it, they would have had a very wholesome experience and mm. perhaps, you know, a shift in the way that they think about this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That had yeah. been so open, right? Like, yeah. So um, with zero expectations, zero judgment, you know, like it's such a, it's a surreal situation. I was just in this situation that you're talking about as a volunteer, yeah. Was it last week? Maybe it was not this last, but maybe a week and a bit ago. And uh, we did like a volunteer day at Street Level Mission in Surrey Hills. Yeah. And it was in, you know, it, there was a level of intensity about it because, you know, I didn't, I, I'm a fine to be in any situation. I'm really resilient and I'm okay to talk yeah. to anybody about anything and just be on their journeys. But I hadn't really like 
mentally prep prepped in a way yep. to just kind of go in. And I ended up getting put on this coffee cart, which was basically making coffees for the first three hours of the morning before mm-hmm. lunch and just sitting there and just having conversations and repeating conversations over and over again with, um, with people that were coming through. And the variety was just of people with all of the different things going on, uh, varying levels of things, right. Um, mm-hmm. was just, I'm not going to say intriguing specifically, but it was interesting because yeah. it opens your eyes to the reality that everybody has this journey, right? And they're on their own thing. And some people, some people, you know, are okay and they just have a struggle, right? And they're just trying to figure yeah. it out. Some people have just complete mental, you know, sort of disability and a mm-hmm. level of spectrum going on of like what's going on there. And some people are just like, like just literally given up, you know, and they're yeah. just like, I'm done with <laughs> it. I'm out. I don't yeah. even want to participate anymore. I'm out. Um, which is fine, you know, and I think it's completely acceptable. Um, but there's this, you know, in my mind and one of my, I guess one of my greatest, it's a great fear far out now, my my greatest, uh, maybe not a great fear, but it's it's always been in the back of my mind that I could eventually do something so crazy and damaging that I could lose it all and then end up on the street. And then that my kids would, you know, find me there in some sort of mental disabled state, you know, where I'd completely burnt myself out and like went somewhere. The reality of that happening is 0%. Like, I don't ever think (laughs) it would really happen, but I think it's because of my dad. Right. And so like, because my dad has PTSD and he's like, he completely flipped the switch. I think there's this thing in me that fears that idea. And so that manifests Mm -hmm. into things that make sense to me, which would be people on, you know, like falling down, you know, not wanting to participate in the machine anymore, the machine rejecting me, putting me out on the street, you know, taking it all away and just spitting me out the other side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that, that reality is kind of, you know, I'm not scared of it, but I don't want to, like, I don't want that to be the thing, but yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really kind of thing. It's a hard thing to get your head wrapped around. But um, I think it makes complete sense, right? Because much like when I, yeah, we lived in a women's shelter. Mm. Um, so not, you know, living on the street, but that wasn't my choice. And yeah. I didn't have yeah. control over that situation. That was very much um, a situation that my mother was was kind of in and had to navigate herself. And so I think, you know, when you experience something unsavory mm. <laughs> like that, yes. um, and and you realize that actually it doesn't suit where you're at, you you know, you make a conscious decision to say, you know, or do things that may, you know, avoid kind of putting you in those situations again. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, yeah. and you know, like that's a lot um, hard. Like it, that can be quite harder for some people depending mm. on their situation. But yeah, for me, definitely, like experience that I was like not a fucking chance. Like yeah. I do not want to experience that ever again in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and, and you're, but, and I think harder is, is, is also, but it's a, it's a weight, right? It's a burden in a way that you're carrying with you because you don't want to have that future. Um, and you're doing anything to avoid it, but you also are worried about it. And internally you're like, well, is that it? Or is that part of it? Um, you know, am I, am I, am I getting a glimpse here or am I, you know, am I able to get around this? Um, which is, you know, pretty hectic. It just reminds me like this conversation, uh, reminds me just to kind of sidetrack for a second. Do you remember when we were we were out for one evening down in near the opera down house? Down on yeah, yeah. Near the opera house. And what yeah. we, we ended up having this really like interesting conversation. I was it was me and you, and who else was having this? It was like a tell the truth, like really hardcore truth session. It was um, who was it? Was it? Was it, it, it um, wasn't Sam, was it? 
I think it was Sam. Was it Sam? And he didn't like he Sam Anderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was Sam. Yeah, Samich. Yeah. Um, because we went heavy deep, like total yeah. truth, stripped it back, and we were like fully intense. Like, no, we're we're completely uninhibited. We're gonna tell all the yeah. truth. And he was like, Oh my god, I feel like I've had like this totally. I don't have anything to share. And I was just like, Well, yeah. that's okay. You that's know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was a really funny night, you know, that, that, yeah. that we did that, you know, and it was like, I think in a weird way, I thought, uh, and I, I could be wrong about this, but my takeaway mm. was, is I, I, I went full deep with it and you were willing to also, and didn't, right. and didn't necessarily, maybe weren't necessarily going to go as deep because I just went straight out there and just yeah. went, I'm going, we're, I'm going yeah. as far to the point of discomfort <laughs> as anyone's willing to go. Who's coming with me? You rode with me the whole way shotgun <laughs> and we were dragging Sam behind us and he's like, I don't know guys. Yeah. He's uh, like, I gotta go. No, I'm yeah, <laughs> no, but I think he, like, I think he kind of like in, in a good analogy, I think he's like, I think I gotta go. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if I want to, and I don't know if I need to look at my life this way. Uh, yeah. yeah, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm super. Think, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say like, because this is something that I, because I obviously remember that evening mm. and that discussion we had like very vividly. Mm. Um, and I think about like how I interact with people these days. Yeah. And whilst you and I, we we obviously trusted one another to share that stuff. Yeah. Um, my narrative back then was that story pretty much like yeah. if someone was willing to listen like I would like go full out and and tell that mm. and these days I feel like it's shifted you know like oh, I right. don't yeah. feel the need to you know like have that like straight off the bat in a yeah. lot of the conversations that I'm having I feel like something shifted yeah I, well, me, I where that's yeah. not like my identity these days in a way mm. Mm. well that so makes sense I, though too because like <laughs> you're you know we're all constantly evolving I mean if I looked back um, you know, to my younger story, it was always about how, you know, shitty my family was, yeah. you know, and how crap they were to me. And, you know, um, and it always resolved with, oh, it's, you know, it always ends with, oh, well, it's amazing you turn out this way, mm -hmm. you know, and I was always like, oh, that's, I guess so, you know, like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I'm okay, you know, like, I'm <laughs> yeah, not I think okay. I'm just kind of coping. <laughs> I'm just getting by, you know, I'm sure I've got a yeah. lot of dark shit in my cupboard, but like, whatever. Um, yeah. But I was always happy, you know, like, I was always willing to be happy. But yeah. kind of like that, <clears throat> I think for lack of a better description, that sort of Robin Williams happy, you know, like I was putting on a good show and, you know, for a long time, just mm. masking how I really, not necessarily really felt, but like, you know, the sort of negativity that was building up in my mind for, and this right. was before I met you, to be honest, this was, you know, a time in my life where I was just really dark and, you know, I, I you know, I wasn't necessarily on the outs, but I was like, I don't like my life at all and I'm not a happy mm. person and, uh, but I have to keep going down the Joe show and, you know, making people happy and I didn't understand it. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, an interesting time. But your narratives do change as you develop as a person, right? And as you become more aware of who you are, and and you know, and I, I think one of the things that I I think about a lot now that comes up again and again is the impact of me and my and my outward messages and my outward yeah. energy and the things I'm saying and how much effort I put into those things. Mm -hmm. I could literally level a room with you know things that I do if I'm a little bit down, then everybody's a little down with me. You know, if mm -hmm. I'm a bit, I'm, if I'm really up, they're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to go on, <laughs> you know? And it's like all these things, but like, <clears throat> you know, you can affect people so heavily. So then sometimes leading with a lot turns into a different thing. You know, sometimes exactly. you got to wait. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Because I think, you know, 
much like you naturally I feel like I am very happy and very vibrant and mm. I am you know an optimist at heart and yeah um and I just you know I think when you kind of have experienced some shitty things like you yeah you have those moments where like my life is so shit yeah um but I think ultimately like you know how I see things is that well I'm the only person in control of my emotions and and how I want to feel and so for me the my choice is to be happy is to is to gear myself more positive than negative and and always be in this constant state of of moving forward Mm. um and I think for me like a big thing is giving myself the space to think about um whatever the scenario is or the situation or the experience Mm. um and sitting in that feeling at the time like if I feel shit I'm just gonna say okay I feel shit so just let let myself experience what me feeling shit is. Mm. Um, yeah, push on the walls. Sad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Just like 100%. not ignoring it. Mm. Um, and because, you know, I've gone, I think for me to like survival mode, mm. um, like for my teenage, for pretty much my whole life up until, you know, when the time when you met me, that's what it was. It was kind mm. of like suppressing a lot of those feelings just to keep moving forward. Mm. Um, But then, yeah, like I hit this kind of wall where I was exhausted and I just thought like I need to start listening to myself, Mm. Um, whether that's, you know, a bad thought, a happy thought or a sad thought, Mm. you know, and just to try and understand myself so that I could um, process things and then be able to move on from it. Mm. And that's awesome toolbox stuff, right? Like tool sets to deal with yeah. things. It's just huge. Right. And, and, and figuring out patterns and methodologies that like help you continue to push forward are just critical. Um, yeah. and I, oh, I just want to say that I'm so happy that you felt like you and I, that you did embrace a leadership role, um, in that. I think that that is one of the things you needed, um, you know, yeah. especially in the trajectory that I, that well, I still see for you, but I guess, you know, mm-hmm it's such a critical thing for a person um, to figure out when they can become a leader and, and then do the work and then get the feedback loop that it's working. Um, yeah. You know, because it does empower you so much. Um, you know, I, I fundamentally believe that everybody has a chance or, or the ability to lead. It's just some people are uncomfortable and can't, you know, come up with a methodology that works for them to kind of do leadership stuff. And this isn't, right. you know, obviously this isn't managing people like, or telling people what to do. It's <laughs> actually figuring out how these people, the people around you work and then helping them move forward. Right. Like it's just such a, a unique experience to right. you know be exposed to and then taking it on the mantle of leadership. Yeah. It's um, I'm yeah. really pumped for you that you got to do that. And then also <laughs> yeah, that's really too. cool. It's really, really cool. <laughs> mm. It was cool. Yeah. I, um, it was it was definitely like a big defining defining moment, but I think um, like a little bit of drama as well in that whole situation. Mm. Um, like the weekend that we had started that hackathon, the Friday night. Yeah. Um, I had got like a, a message from my mom. Oh wow! And she was like, <laughs> uh, she had told me, "Oh, Kia, like." hate to tell you this, like why you're away and stuff like that, but um, your dad's been arrested for murdering someone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool, I don't want to be associated with a fucking idiot like that. Yeah. Um, and I want to do good things and I want to help people. And, 
you know, I want to leave a good legacy behind or good memories behind mm. that, you know, I did my best and um, made people feel happy or, you know, help people feel comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And so, yeah, so it was kind of like a whole bunch of shit going on. And I just, I felt like, not that I was backed into a corner, but it was almost like a big driver for me to like perform then and yeah. be like, come through with who I am and what my intentions are and, and um, what I'm about. So, yeah. So in a, in a really weird way, it was a massive motivator to flip the switch and go in a completely different direction. Yeah. Um, one, one on a path that you were on, but in a weird way, uh, able to <laughs> embrace and really go forth and conquer on, right. It was like, yeah, take this, <laughs> I'm kicking the ass of it now. Um, that's insane, by the way. <laughs> I uh, yeah. have not got that phone call. Um, that, uh, <laughs> although, like, oh, I don't even know if I should talk about this, but like, in my dream last night, this is just so fucked up. And I and and I had, I don't dream all the time, but last night I had this dream that I murdered my mom, and oh, that wow, like, nice. and and then it was like a full fucked up scenario where. I had been sitting on it for so long that we had to move the body and it was like all this stuff. And I'm like, what the Ooh. fuck? And I even woke up and then went back to sleep into the dream again going, yeah, no, you really did this. You, you killed your mom and somehow you have, you're a murderer and you have to accept this and, and no one knows really. And then it turned into this really fucked up, you know, like can't get out of a maze of like situations, right. you know, and then I woke up, but like there was a point in this morning where I went, Oh fuck. I did it. Like I didn't, did I did, I didn't kill my mom. <laughs> and why do I feel like I'm a murderer? So it's just so <laughs> yeah. was so weird that I had well, that Maybe dream. you're internalizing some, uh, well, I some just, deeper stuff there, Joe. <laughs> well, that or I hope that my mom's not dead. Like, you know, Jesus, I'm better. Yeah, you went to having a honest. premonition or yeah, something. Yeah, well, that was the last dream I had. I had about my mate and he was in my dream and uh, in Australia. I was like, what? what? My childhood friend. And I'm just like, mm. what are you doing here? You know, why didn't you tell me you were coming? And I messaged him the next day and he's like, dude, that's a premonition. I'm coming to Australia in November. I was like, oh my oh. God. <laughs> Wow. So now I'm freaking out a little bit in my head. Like maybe I should message my mom. Yeah, give give mom a call, I, I think. Hope, Just check in yeah, on her. I really hope she's all right. <laughs> I don't have a relationship as such with her. Like it's a real, yeah. real fractured thing. But um we do yeah. connect on the Facebook Messenger. So I will message her after the podcast now that I've realized that um, I didn't <laughs> murder her. I must be murdering her heart though. She must love her son. <laughs> and I've not oh. been a good son. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Oh, I really I, hope I think that's you all it is. Tell her that you, you know, you I have told her. I'm pretty, yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, well, I will. I'll tell her that I murdered her in my dream. I must, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not going to be one. She'll probably freak out, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> I'm willing to freak my mom out at this point. I don't really care. Yeah. yeah she's all right. She knows who I am. I'm like 41. Doesn't matter. 42. Look at how much time, you know, like, I, you know, yeah. you got to live the life. Um, <laughs> All right. So I'm done murdering my mom. We're not going to do that cool. one anymore. So yeah, we can move past it. Um, so where are we at now? What 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 are we doing now? Uh, oh, right now in my life. Well, I mean, obviously you did the travels. You know, you went out and yeah. did like a year's worth of traveling. I mean, that. What were you looking for in the travels? Was it just experience again, or were you so, working? Or I'm um, no. So basically, what I was looking for in my travels was a kind of deep connection to something creative. Yeah. Right. To something like emotional. Um, you know, you know, stuff like that. I, I felt like 
the tech space was very technical yep. um, and I had kind of lost touch um, with that creative side within me mm. and um, yeah and I think part of me as well was I, I wanted to have this like international romance or whatever or you know yeah, like right, meet yeah. interesting people mm. from all over the world and um, have you know interesting experiences of intimacy and mm. um connectedness mm. and so yeah and so i did that yep. <laughs> and got to experience all of that stuff um but what i kind of realized was that i was hoping to kind of have it all figured out whilst i was overseas you're right but it just really didn't pan out that way um and i just had to accept that that like my headspace just wasn't there. Mm. Um, I still kept kind of pushing forward. So like whilst I was away, I ended up getting a scholarship to study blockchain development because mm-hmm. um, that was something that I was increasingly becoming more and more interested in. I was like trading cryptocurrencies yep. in early 2017 and then sold them right before the bear market um, when like at the end of 2017. Yeah, right. Um which is why I kind of went traveling as well because I just sold them yeah, all right. pretty much and then <laughs> yeah. fucked off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I was I was just kind of on this journey and I was only really meant to be away for two months. But when I got over there, I, like, really didn't want to come home. There was, like, obviously, like, all the murder stuff going on with my dad. Right, um, yeah. My sister as well, like, she struggled with drug addiction and she was going through a huge thing and... And my mom was kind of, you know, hiding out in the bush somewhere. And I had just ended a relationship as well. So <laughs> Yeah. So um, the whole world was literally upside down in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I was like running away. I yeah. seriously, I, I, I wanted to be like, I, even though I was overseas traveling, I just wanted to be in that childlike state of mind. Mm. I didn't want to have responsibility. I didn't want to work. Um, you know, I didn't want to do anything but be with myself and and kind of be in transition almost like yeah and um I kind of got to a point where like I could have kept going I could have just kept staying overseas but I was getting tired of that and I needed to feel grounded again Mm -hmm. so and I was also running out of money. Yeah, well, that's normally <laughs> had, the greatest actually, catalyst. Actually, I had literally change. run out of money. Oh right, yeah, um, you burnt it out. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I need to come home and and deal with everything. Yeah. You know. Yep. And yeah, and so that's what I did. I came back, and at that stage, like my mum had moved from New South Wales up to to Queensland, mm. um, where my sister was living, and and yeah, and so came back and um, I was still like for a good six months, like things were really shit because mm. I was trying really hard not to be in Queensland. Sure. Um, like I wanted to work in London or I wanted to like work in Shanghai or Hong Kong. Like I just mm. was trying so hard to still keep running away, like to, to not be there. Yeah. And nothing was aligning, like all the jobs I was applying for didn't hear anything um and of course because like i'm not in those countries (laughs) very difficult yeah yeah it was kind of like a bit of like a a long shot um like fantasy i suppose um and yeah and things were like pretty 
shit for me. And this is only like this time last year. Um, I was like in a place, I'd, like a, you know, a suburb or a, a state I hadn't lived in before, you know, feeling pretty shit about things and wondering what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Um, and I had to shift my thinking hardcore. Like mm. I sat down with myself and I thought like, Kia, you don't need to like struggle like this, you know, mm. like you, this does not have to be your life. Um, and from there I was able, once I kind of realized that I started mapping out, well, what do I want to learn this year or next year? Mm. And how is that going to contribute to like whatever my career goal is or what I want to do? And so once I kind of got over that, like feeling sorry for myself, not wanting to be an adult mm. um, <laughs> yeah, and just like get on with life. Yeah. I was able to kind of have a bit of clarity. So, you know, I had signed up to user-centered design with RMIT and I had done my scrum master and um, like continue, continue to learn about human-centered design. And cause that's what I love, right? I love mm. this, that those frameworks of problem solving and I love, um, you know, the results that you can get from it or the change that you can make. And, you know, when I kind of had that clarity as well, a job had, had come up with the local council mm. and, you know, me like councils and corporate, I'm like, fuck that. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> soul sucking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought mm, it's in the digital team. It has like a good variety, like good scope of skill sets, which yeah. I have to contribute to that. Um, and yeah, and so that's kind of where I'm at now. I work for my local council in the digital team. Mm. Um, and it's amazing. I must admit, like I've, I love my job there and I have a lot to give and a lot to learn as well from these people. Um, and I have this, you know, this experience and knowledge that they're also curious about. Yeah. Right. And so it makes me feel super valued as well. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's a good feedback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like current state of play. Um, and, you know, and just I think for me, like startup ecosystem, tech ecosystems, um, I'm always going to be involved in them, whether yeah. I work for council. Or what, well, it's sort or, of a backbone, you know, I guess, in a way to kind of yeah. where you're at and what you've done. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's kind of like this those environments they're kind of always about constantly learning new things and transferring yeah. of knowledge and skills to other people mm. helping people um like whether it's with a new network connection or um you know and i thrive off that stuff like i love it so much so it, it's a big driver for me to to keep living by those values as well of like mm. giving first and sharing knowledge and and constantly learning and growing um, it really kind of aligns with me like that yeah Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've landed in quite a, man, a very different spot. So what would we, so not in a different way, but in a different spot, like it's just not, it's like, it's, it's not exactly the thing, but it's the yeah. thing you've kind of arrived at as, as where you can say you're happy and you're doing a thing that gives a value to you. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like I'm in a phase of like cocooning right? <laughs> where I'm in, like, you know, relatively safe space. Yeah. Um, and to me, I've actively chosen this yeah. because I know that's what I need to move to, to move on my next phase of life. Um, 
I need to feel safe and I need to feel secure, especially financially secure as well, because that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I need to feel valued and I need to feel like I'm giving value as well. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this perfect melting pot where I feel like it's um, preparing and my mindset mm. and my attitude for the next phase, you know, which will most likely be stepping back into building my own startup or, right. you know, doing something different. Cause for me, that is my end goal. Like I love tech, you know, I just love it so much. And, yeah. um, and for me to, to, to build something, mm. um, is really important to me. And that's how I kind of see myself in my career as, you know, founding another startup. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, and having it be, you know, successful, whatever yeah. you want to define that as. But, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's a pretty good way of looking at it too. Is like, you know, whatever that's got to be, you know, whatever you define success as, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to do something that hits a certain bar and measure the success of it. Right. It doesn't have to be yeah. on pure, you know, dollars and cents, you know, you can still right. get a lot out of your life and feel good about it. As long as you have some understanding of what those measures look like. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you're getting, you're, you're kind of really, you know, feeding into, you know, those things that matter, right? Which you're kind of like, you know, I know where I need to be kind of financially to make myself happy. I know what I need to do from an input output perspective around the work and what that looks like. Um, yeah. It's interesting that you call it cocooning, which means that you're going to turn into a butterfly in the next phase. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is, so. yeah, which is like in a weird way, it's like almost do or die too. Cause it's like butterflies. What's the deal with those guys? Like that. What's after butterfly? <laughs> yeah. You just, that's you it. Really, really pretty. Again. Yeah, really, really pretty. And then last time do it. And hopefully I'm not stuck in a butterfly sanctuary <laughs> where I can't get out of it. <laughs> well, maybe you just die and then hopefully you die on some dirt under an ice tree or something. And then you nourish a little part of that tree and then that turns into, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Circle of, circle of life. Insert the Lion King theme song right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, they, I, I do want to raise one thing though, with, well, only out of curiosity, if you do this next thing with tech in the mm. startup that you're going to do, um, suit was so super impressed by your, um, led light up, uh, dress thing that you oh. made. That was insane. Watching that come to life through your sort of social postings and the things you were putting together there. What were, it's, uh, it feels like, it? A, well, no, no, no. It feels, it feels like, and just talking to you now that that touches on so many of the things that kind of hit your inside happy buttons, um, you know, as well from a creativity yeah. perspective and, and a sort of externalization of like what that thing would do for yeah. you know anybody engaging with a, which really was like this really cool art piece. For sure. And I think for me as well, like um, that was kind of an, an expression of, of, yeah, really who I am and, mm. and what I was like, I had just learned, like this was back when I had just, finish um like general assembly and i had these yeah. really awesome powerful like coding skills yeah, yeah um but i was also really like into fashion and like you know that yep. physical space and that mm. physical look and aesthetic and um for me it was that building that dress just because that was what appealed to me at the time opened up so many opportunities because mm. here i had this tangible kind of thing of what like coding and creativity mixed looks yeah, like. Yeah. Um, and it, it put me in front of an audience of young women mm. as well yep. who, um, who may have this concept, you know, this conception of maybe what tech is and mm. or what software and programming is. And, um, and for me, it was like a statement piece. It was saying like, you know, you can, 
um, be technical and creative and um, learn this really powerful skill of, you know, knowing how to code and um, do it in a way that suits your lifestyle or your interests. And Mm. it's not just like building websites or or apps or anything. It's like in anything. Um, So, you know, so that was a really awesome opportunity to, to get in front of some young women and, and then it led on to Commonwealth Bank did this social impact program. It was like an eight-week coding course mm. in collaboration with another coding school, you know. And so that opened the doorway up for me to then like be one of the lead teachers and help design what that um, program looked like. And it was specifically for girls in low SES, so low socioeconomic areas, right. um, which obviously was me yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so that was one of the most amazing, also another really defining moment of my of my life because at the end of the day, like it wasn't about, you know, finishing up at the eight weeks and having these girls know how to build a Ruby on Rails app. Yeah. It was, you know, being visible to them. Mm. And even though they may not understand it right now or at the time maybe in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time, ten years' time, if it comes up where they're like, hmm, what am I going to do? What's What interests me? You know, maybe they would have that memory of of us being in the classroom together, kind of building stuff and and discussing these types of concepts and say, okay, you know, well, this was available to me um, and it still is. And and if they're interested or that way inclined, then by all means they can (laughs) have that option to do so because I feel like... when I was kind of transitioning, like I mentioned in the beginning, when web development was suggested to me, my response was, well, what is that? Yeah. Even though I had been doing it, Mm. you know, like I was top of my class in IT science, my senior year internships were at computer shops, you know, defragging (laughs) computers. Yet when it came to deciding what I wanted to do in career, like I didn't know that, that software development, you know, programming was a, a thing or was something that was available to me. Mm. Um, so yeah. yeah that's, it's <laughs> so yeah, just, the, the dress was cool. It, yeah. it, um, I was yeah. curious uh, how many doors it opened for you. Like it, it felt as though that was, and, and the, one of the reasons I brought it up was because one, it was amazing just to watch you put that thing together and how you yeah. were artistically expressing yourself with tech and, you know, fashion. It was, you know, you don't often see people pushing down those lines as just a pure, you know, sort of passion project. Right. And, and then it felt as though that is, that was a major catalyst for kind of setting yourself up through to the next rounds of all the things that would happen in your sort of life. Right. You know, so getting the exposure to doing all the different things that were next. Yeah, it was, it it really was. And, um, the thing with that is that like, I never fully finished it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were like a couple of, you know, technical roadblocks that I like education stuff that I was, you know, missing mm. um, to, to really finish it. Like, you know, understanding how do I power like over 3000 LEDs with yep. one portable power bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I not plug into the wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do I not blow myself up? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, I've still got all the materials and, and actually recently I've been thinking of resurrecting it in a way and mm. kind of getting it to completion because much like tech, you know, there's this guy down in Melbourne. I think he, yeah, his username's like Wow Electron. Nice. His name's Leon. 
and um, he's intense. Like he's so knowledgeable and he builds LED, all these LED um, like clothing and masks and stuff all the time. And when I was building that, he was really um, helpful with sharing his knowledge with me. And um, but yeah, so now that I kind of, um, one, have a bit more um, budget to spend on the dress as well and a bit more time. You know, it's something that I think, you know, I want to open up the box, blow off the dust and um, fully complete it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I would love to see the end of that and what that turn, you know, where you go with it. Um, Because I think tech's changed, you know, as well, right? Um, You know, things will be a lot smaller, faster, more efficient from that, you know, in that small amount of time, you know, because of Moore's Law. So, you know, there'd be some cool stuff going on. I mean, everything's getting smaller, so... I know it's crazy Mm. I love it Mm. I'm sure like I haven't even had a look but you know what what components have you know gotten smaller these days but yeah Yeah, like you can pretty much do anything off the shelf these days like build an MVP build a prototype plug and Mm. play like Mm. it's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah no it's a definitely a, a whole new place of just can you imagine it? But I guess that's the thing, you know, you were willing to imagine something and bring it to life and do what it, you know, do what you, you could do with your own imagination to kind of go down a path. And, you know, like that's one of the big things that I'm, you know, having two sons that, you know, are are sort of somewhat faced with the uh, ability to always look over the fence and see if it's, you know, if someone else has already done it or if they've done it better, how hard will it be? Or will I even try? Um, you know, sometimes it's just about going out and doing it irrespective, you know, and just having a go at it. Um, you know, this is one of the biggest, you know, I think roadblocks we have now is, is that it's very easy to just go, oh, well there, that person did it. They did it great. Why would I try to do it? Um, but more times than not, what we're missing out on is the journey to, you know, to get under the belt. Right. For sure. Um, The journey is everything. mm. Like, um, last weekend I mentored at the global startup weekend up in Brisbane Mm. and, um, they interviewed me as well. And they, you know, I think one of the questions was, what are you expecting to see from the teams Yeah, kind of at the end of the, um, you know, at the end of the, the weekend. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm not, a, I don't want to see like beautiful MVPs or clickable prototypes. I want to hear about their journey, mm. about how they like got from point A to B, like where did they pivot? Who did they interview or what people did they interview that gave them a different insight and mm. they were able to identify a different opportunity. And, you know, like to me, that's the exciting part because I know how valuable that is for an individual yeah. um, to open their mind up to thinking about all the different possibilities um and yeah and so for me it's the journey 110 percent is is the best part (laughs) yeah yeah no I, i agree completely you know and i think that's you know, that's the whole point, right? We're not, yeah. you know, I guess the, the big uh, human condition of like the, why are we here? Um, you know, like I said, in my sons, it's, it's, it's about me doing everything I can to make you better than me. Uh, because mm. there's no, I can't see any other reason why I'm here. If I had, you know, if I made no children, um, you know, then, you know, that's fine. You know, and I just look after myself or whatever, uh, I'd have yeah. to better other people or, or be part of their lives <laughs> to like, try to figure out how to be more impactful, but having mm. children that I directly look into the eyes of and say, you know, that's not good enough. Um, and they say, why dad is because I can do it. Um, yeah. you know, you need to be able to be better than me. And, and, and I hold them accountable for like, you know, what, why aren't you doing this at a level that is higher, you know, and why yeah. not? And, and if they say to me, I can't or no, whatever. And I'd say, well, let's stop and let's look at these things because, yeah. you know, we can figure it out. It's not, you know, nothing is impossible. 
uh, unless yeah. it's like jumping from the ground on top of something too high, you know, like unless it's a <laughs> physical thing, you know, like nothing yeah. is impossible. Physics you can, are getting in the way. Yeah. That's right. But then, you know, you can use your knowledge to figure out how to get around some of these issues and, you know, you can learn. Right. And, um, you know, my youngest son was recently grounded for like three weeks. So it's like zero oh, screen time. Three weeks. Oh yeah. He was like <laughs> oh vandalized some school property and got caught on camera. <laughs> And, and like it wasn't horrible like, was really. he like drawing dicks all over the school no he was kicking a <laughs> hole he's only 13 i don't think the penis art is out yet but he just freshly 13 and and like he like there was some bit of jip rock or something it was like uh, already mm-hmm. damaged and him and his mate just kind of kicked some holes in it and of yeah. course it was in within video shot and the school makes a big deal out of it and they're like oh we're you know mm-hmm. we're gonna charge you money for it whatever they're charging me too much money anyways but the point mm-hmm. is is like um you know, he was off off devices for three weeks and he is incredibly smart, right? Like he, he but he doesn't apply himself. He's super lazy. And I, I mm. really feel inside of me that he sees the world um, as a sort of like, oh, well, others are doing it. Um, why would I, you know, or, or yeah. oh, I'm not good enough as a result of what he sees. So he won't necessarily try, you know, but he actually is really good at things. And when he stops, so having three weeks off has turned him into like this altered beast of a person that is completely different about how he's looking at, I'm hoping how he's looking at the world because all of a sudden he was like building stuff. He was doing things. He was tactile. He was like, you know, getting more mentally, uh, you know, going around, you know, like construction and building and wanting to do stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was a very different version of a a son who was willing to do anything he could to melt out into his phone or play video games, right? And to the point where you're like concerned that he's like completely addicted and, you know, and then he does a thing every once in a while to make, you know, throw you off his scent, you know. (laughs) Oh, I guess you're all right, you know. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And you're like, all right, crack on, (laughs) you know. I think Um, that's really interesting, like, you know, life that you're kind of getting to experience Mm. um these kids kind of growing up in fully digital worlds and um you know I think for you and for for me we had technology but it wasn't so in our faces and accessible yeah as it is these days and it's something I think about all the time um you know being attached to our screens and what that's kind of doing to our younger people is it helping or is it hindering is it open you up opening up new opportunities um and obviously that's going to be different for every every young person yeah but um yeah that's crazy that's such an an interesting thing so i mean what are you are you going to do more three-week grounds well <laughs> we, we we liked jailbird we liked the jailbird version of our child even my ex-wife was like well it's gonna be real because we pulled the we let him back into his phone on friday it's been three weeks and mm-hmm. and you know and it was weird because we we're both like well i guess you know let's hope he doesn't just kind of revert and and mm-hmm. i think that technology is a great thing i'm an absolute advocate yeah. for tech but you the the ability to use it as a tool is what's important, not as a way of life. And so yeah. like, I think you got to draw the lines around, you know, that uh, the majority of the stuff that's coming at you, whether it's through your phone or on TV or over the radio or through a podcast or whatever, it's mm. all biased bullshit. You know, fundamentally, yeah. even, even this conversation. And if I start to say anything that has a level of opinion becomes a bias from my experience. Right. And so yeah. everybody's got to take everything with a bit of a grain of salt and, you know, not, get so upset about you know the the idea that you know people all have different experiences right and so we're all just like my my basis is we're all just trying to get along get home for dinner you know see your family or whatever you got to do to feel happy that you just did something today that was worth it you know um because too many days where it feels like shit and i didn't do anything worthwhile it's like you just start to bend out right um so with 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 tech and what it is 
you know, I'm a big fan of put that shit away. Um, let's not pull our phone out and answer the question. Let's talk about it. Let's rationalize for as long as possible. You know, let's let's have this thing that we can do where, you know, surely there's enough knowledge in the room to kind of pull the information, you know. And then yeah. if we really don't know, we can wait and, uh, you know, until that point. And then, you know, we can look it up and go, oh, I guess, you know, that makes sense. But, you know, <laughs> use your brain because if we're not using our brains, I mean, I don't know. I'm spun out. We live in a world where they have to put signups to tell you to put your phone down before you walk across the street. Like I, I just, I don't know what's happened to our planet and society and the humans, but you know, as I keep telling everybody, the zombie apocalypse is here now, you know, it's, it's already happened. We're just not getting eaten by the people around, but we're in danger because these people are like drunk walking all over the place with their phones in their faces. You know, it's just insane to me. Now yeah. that we have to witness half the things we're witnessing, you know, the, it was funny. My, again, my youngest son, um, he, you, know, the, you heard about the guy that would, um, stabbed, you know, murdered the lady and ran around with the knife in, in yeah. Sydney, in the CBD. Okay. So, you know, like I, it was pretty hectic. We weren't out and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was, but, um, you know, we obviously caught it fairly quickly and we heard a lot of the sirens is where I'm at right now. We're, you know, yeah. right near the police station. So, I find out about it and, you know, we hear about it. We do the research, we see it, you know, and, and you know, the thing, but then I get home and, um, you know, and I, I messaged my sons. I said, so, uh, how's your day guys? You know, they're just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like, I think one of them ignored me and the other one's like, you're yeah, good. I said, none <laughs> of you called to make sure I survived today, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I love to give my kids shit, you know, and I just was yeah. like going to give them some nice little dad guilt, you know, like none of you called to make sure I, I wasn't stabbed. And my <laughs> youngest son says to me, dad, I know you weren't stabbed because you wouldn't be stupid enough walking around with your phone in your face. You would have seen oh. the guy with the knife. <laughs> and I was like, I love you, son. You're my son. That's the one. He yeah, knows me. He know knows me. me. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Oh, my smart ass children. That's a good observation. It is. It is because he knows. I fucking, I hate it. It drives me crazy. I'm yeah. always like, you know, when they do it, I'm all over them, you know, put them away, you know, like let's yeah. stop. Let's engage as the humans we are, you know? So yeah. that's where I think it, you have to draw some lines, you know, like right. we all know inside our heads if we're addicted. We all know if we use our phones too much. We all know if we look at social media and judge it and go, oh, my life is shit. But the whole point of this whole conversation like that I'm trying to have, like the broader thing across all these podcasts are, then fucking admit it. Just admit it so that you can go, okay, I now can kind of get to that point where, okay, now that I've said it out loud, it does sound a little stupid. And maybe I shouldn't be that way. Maybe I need to figure out a way to deal with this in a different way. Don't just keep leaning into it and going into denial mode because effectively you're going to probably end up in a 12-step program to get off social media. (laughs) But like literally, I don't think that you know, humans have the capability without admission that they're, you know, it becomes too late, you know, and then you have a, yeah. a habit and you're addicted to it and you have no choice but to continue to operate that way. You know, everybody has these sorts of personality traits. So, yeah, yeah anyways, I, I just think that, yeah, moderation is key and, you know, um, the tech is amazing for what it can be used for and use it wisely because hmm. I don't think it's here to, to replace us. You know, no. it's here to help, um, you know, our society be better. I just think that it's shifting in the wrong direction right now. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. You've got to acknowledge something first and like decide if it's, if that's how you want to continue feeling. And if not, well then, yeah, you need to, you need to change it. You need to do something different. Yeah. And you've done a great job of that over the last few years. It sounds like, uh, you know, really (laughs) stopping, having a look, you know, running through it and, and being critical of yourself. And I think that's really, um, admirable to, to have pushed yourself to do that, you know, time and time again, and and really kind of arrive at a point now where you are in your cocoon, getting Mm. ready to butterfly. (laughs) 
get ready to spread those big giant monarch wings or whatever the heck you're going to turn into uh, and fly around and do whatever it is you're going to do next. Um, well, hey, I'm going to close it with one question. And it's cool. just, I normally start with it, but I'm going to do it at the end. Um, are you happy in your life right now? Yes, immensely so. Good. I um, am I am very, very happy. Be- you know, because I think back to, you know, a year ago mm. or like two years ago, and not to compare because, you know, each experience kind of gave me what it needed to give me to be here right now telling you that I am happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for sure. And, you know, I find happiness in, in most situations, but, you know, on just reflection, am I happy? For sure. You know, I'm, and I'm proud of myself and, and I love the people around me and, um, and I love, you know, I, I love everything. <laughs> it's good. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This is only going to be weird because I'm going to talk to you like we're ending it. And then it's going to virtually end for a second, but then I'll say goodbye to you on like this sort of conference call we're on and, and all that. Okay. But hey, I really appreciate it, Kia. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, it was good to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. So there you have it. That's uh, my chat with Kia. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed having a, a chat with her today and really found that um, kind of, you know, started off a bit, you know, in the sort of, hey, what have you been doing? Everything, uh, you know, how's, how's it been going? Uh, what's going on? Turned into me really seeing this amazing pattern of someone who has, you know, gained a lot of resilience in her life, has uh, matured and developed into quite an individual who now has, you know, a knack for not only kind of not reinventing herself, but saying, you know, hey, I am not happy. I need to kind of stop for a second and check that out. And I need to do something about it um, because I can. And I thought that that was an amazing message and something that we could all uh, learn a little bit from, you know, when you're not happy or you don't think things are going well, you're not stuck. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stick with it forever. But you, you know, you shouldn't avoid the fact that you don't feel happy. You should lean into it a little bit and kind of understand it, um, pick off the parts that make sense to you and, and then, uh, you know, uh, make some choices and do something about it if you can, or change the things that you can change in order to be happy and confident and, you know, move forward in your life. Um, so, uh, big thanks for you guys listening through to the end. This is the official outro. You are at the end of my podcast. I appreciate you listening for an hour and a half this time. Uh, this is, uh, you know, just Joe doing the outro, fading the music in, saying thank you. Talk to you next time. Cheers, everybody. Bye.